How do you follow that? Wow. You guys are good. Give it one more time. Let's just... I got to get my notes out. I got to get organized. I'm just jamming right now. It's still going. Um, I used my same compliment I said, in, uh, which came up to me while I was walking up here. I said, if I had to choose between Amazon Alexa or our band, I would choose our band all day because they know everything. So we are so blessed to have them here at City on a Hill Church. Um, my name is John Lorenzo. I'm the youth director here. And while uh, Pastor Mike is away, we will play. No, we are actually um, starting a new series called Deep Dive today, and first service was incredible. Um, I really believe that this series has an incredible opportunity to change our lives, to change our course, to help us to address things that have been weighing us down and holding us back. And uh, I let everybody know in first service, I have been working on this for like two months, and I got to last night. And I said, all right, I'm just going to review them real quick and go to bed. And the Holy Spirit just had something different. So we started a typing. And uh, first I started writing, and then I remembered how horrible my handwriting is and how embarrassing that was going to be when I had to call Van up to help me figure out what I wrote. Um, so I, I got on the laptop and, and typed it out. And I just, guys, I really just, I was really excited for this um, series. But I will caution you, while this is such a great series, it is called Deep Dive. We will be diving into things from our past, um, things that we've been struggling with, things that we're dealing with. So I started first service, and I'd like to start this service with a prayer over the series because I want to make sure that we're ready, right? Because there's amazing things. There's amazing promises. There's a lot that's in store for us, but we just got to make sure our hearts are ready to do the work. So if you would, just join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you first and foremost that this is your sermon, this is your series, that you have ordained it, that it is based on your word, it is based on your promises for our lives. So God, as we dig deep into some of the things that are weighing us down, that are holding us back, that the weight on our shoulders, God, the heaviness on our hearts, Lord, I just pray that you will give us the strength and courage to approach this, knowing and trusting that you are God and that you are doing this work on our behalf. Lord, you just ask us to show up to the conversation. So God, I pray a special blessing over all that are in this room. And I don't just pray for the blessing this week and the weeks to come, but God, I pray that you protect them as we move forward through this crazy thing called life. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's get to it. Um, Deep Dive is going to be a series of uh, the next three weeks where we are going to look at those things in our past that are holding us back. And today's series is going to be based upon those things that were done to us. So the things that were done to us, whether it be um, abuse, uh, verbal abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, um, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, we're going to be looking at those things that maybe have happened in the last week, or these can be things that we've been carrying for the last 30, 40, 50 years, and, and that have been weighing us down, and, and we may not even know. And here's what I, after talking with everybody first service, a lot of the people were like, you know, things started coming to me that I didn't even know were weighing me down, but that were, and they were causing me to act a certain way. So as we dig into these things, we understand that we're talking about things that bring a level of discouragement, they bring a level of depression, but they ultimately take us to this place called despair. And I don't know if you've ever been in despair, I don't know if you understand the rock bottom of it, the helplessness and the hopelessness of it. Um, 
But it, it's a horrible place to be. And then the worst part is we combine it with something called lies. And these are lies that we believe about ourselves. These are lies we believe about God. So I wanted to start, and, and you got to sit with me. I know this is going to be, a, it was a tough message to preach in first service because you got to kind of get to the, you got to get through all the tough stuff and then you got to really dive in. And I promise you, if you, actually, I forgot this in first service too. When you came in this morning, you received a program and your program is a bulletin and it'll have the fill-ins for this sermon. We're going to get to all of these promises, but first we've really got to address what we're talking about. And so some of these lies that we can combine with despair are that we caused this abuse, that we asked for it, that we deserved it. So these are things that we're going we're gonna to address today. Then we can believe uh, lies about God. We can believe that God doesn't care about what happened to us or he's not concerned about us. And I couldn't even get through the lesson. I just have to let you know that God does care. Okay, the reason this sermon is here is because God cares. The reason that uh, we know is because this sermon is going to be filled with scriptures from Old Testament to New Testament that let us know that God cares. And I want to give you this illustration. God, well, first off, let me tell you this. God loves you. And, and maybe you haven't heard that. Maybe you, you struggle to receive that and feel that. But he loves you. And what I want you to know is he loves you. And I want you to think of the person that you love the most whether it be a family member, or a child, or whoever, when something happens to them, does it not hurt you? Does it not make you angry, sad? Do you not wish that you could take the place of that person and go through that pain? Well, newsflash, Jesus took our place on the cross, and he didn't just do it for our sins. He did it for those sins that were committed against us. And so what we're going to unpack today is that God does care, and he is concerned, and he's already doing and done the work to help us move past. And uh, the, the, the last um, lies that, that sometimes we can tell ourselves is that God's too busy to care, or that he's too weak to fight it, or to fight for our behalf. And that couldn't be any farther from the case. So we, we know these lies, but if we're not careful, these lies will begin to take root they will call, cause us to question God's effect in our lives, and they will cause us to, a question, to question God in general, right? They can leave us with all these questions, and, and, and I'm from the philosophy that it's okay to question, okay? It's absolutely okay to question, and the best way to question is to have these conversations with God, because I know that when my dad passed away, and for 10 years I blamed God, those 10 years I argued with God, and when I finally came into right relationship with him and, and really understood that, I came to realize that um, all those years, I had a relationship with God. It wasn't the best relationship. It was on rocky terms. A lot of things I probably shouldn't have said, but thanks be to God that he forgave me, and uh, we move forward. And here I am today. So, um, yeah, we sang about his grace this morning, and you're looking at it. So, um, so we, we, we can find out that these questions can leave us empty, broken, and alone in a room full of people. They can leave us searching for an identity, and when we try to find our identity in things and people and everything else other than where our identity lies in Christ, it can lead us to places we never imagined we would go. And so we have to be careful. When we do that, it can cause us to act out, to hurt others, to sin against God. And then we fall into this very dangerous cycle of getting upset with God about things that happen that cause us to then sin out against God that cause us to get even more upset, and we start to do this spiraling out of control. And when that happens, and we keep moving farther and farther away from God, or so we think, 
We think we've got to jump through amazing hoops to get back to him. Well, my life is a representation that if we just turn back to him, he's actually right there. He didn't let us go. He didn't let us wander off and be our own worst enemy. He's right there ready to clean up the mess. And, and, and that's stuff that we've done. But we have to understand he's ready to clean up the mess for things that were done against us. He doesn't hold that against us and we shouldn't hold it against us. But it does take a level of digging deep, diving deep, to, to get rid of that out of our own lives. And so let's together reframe our past based upon his promises. Let's look in and lean into his love, his grace, his mercy, his strength, his healing, his holiness, and most importantly, his justice. Because I got to tell you, as I was writing this and thinking about it, I always want to take it into my own hands. If somebody hurts my family, they're going to get hurt. I don't need to think that way. Because all that does is dig into me and cause me to to struggle and to hurt and to go through all these things. And what I need to do is be there for them or be there for myself, and I need to give it to God. And so we're going to look at that today. We're going to dig into these promises and understand that he loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die on that cross for us, for our sins, and for the sins that were committed against us. And, and um, uh, like I said, I kind of rewrote this yesterday. So at the bottom of your bulletin is Isaiah 53, 4 to 5. And it says, Surely he took upon our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. And I need you to hear that, and I need you to feel that, and I need you to know that. And that just comes with having a relationship with God, right? It comes with really believing that the words that are written in this book, the words that are written, I'm not even going to pick that up, that shell's going to fall, but the Bible, you know what the Bible looks like. Um, <laughs> that would be the second time today it fell, I thought it was fixed, we're working through some stuff. But uh, imagine there's a Bible here. The words written in the Bible were written for you, okay? And I, you, this rest of this sermon is not going to hit you until you understand that. And our first fill-in lets you know that you need to realize that God loves you and that you are worthy of his love. And I know we can struggle with that word worthy. And I know that every time Leatrix sings that song, I'm over there trying to suck tears back up into my eyes because I understand that we sometimes don't feel worthy. I didn't say that we earned it. I didn't say we deserved it, but in God's eyes, we are 100% worthy of his love. And so once we feel that, we understand that, and we get to that point, we go back to putting ourselves in his shoes and realize how much he cares about what has happened to us. When we know the nature of our God, it will help us to trust him and to open ourselves up to him. And that's huge. Right? Because he's got to do the work in this. Like I said, without him, we're not going to overcome these paths. We may think we did. We might put him over here and just kind of lock him out of the way. But what I'm talking about today is fully overcoming them, fully releasing the weight that is weighing us down and walking into the newness of life that he has in store for us. And I didn't say it was easy because here's the deal, newsflash, this sermon is just as much for me as it is for you. And when we get to the part of forgiveness, it almost hurts me to read it. That's how much. So we're working through this together. 
But you have to know that you are loved by God, not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. And the Bible tells us that. One of my favorite verses, Romans 5, 8. It says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know why that's important? Because we are sinners. We do struggle. We do stumble. We fall. We mess up. We get back up. But here's the deal. If he died for us while we were sinners, then why would he leave us? He knew what he was getting into. He knew the deal. Right? It's like when I bought my first truck. I knew that the brakes weren't that good and it didn't have air conditioning that the one headlight blinked at people while I went by. But here's what I also knew. It was cheap. You know what I mean? I knew I could afford it. But I knew the deal. I knew what I was getting into. I couldn't. So God knows what he's getting into. And I didn't say you were cheap, so don't misquote me. Okay? You were very expensive. Okay? So you cost him everything. So understand that. But that truck did its work. So um, I want to let you know um, that, uh, well, Jesus says, and... It's right there in your notes. John 15, 13. Greater love has no man than this, or no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Right? That's the type and the level of love that we're talking about right now, is that Jesus did that for us. So if we're all on the same page, right, if we understand his love, if we understand we're worthy of his love, then we can move into something that kind of shocked me. Now, here's what I tell you. Sometimes you'll be reading the Bible, and you just, you'll miss something, right? You'll miss something of importance. Man knows this. He gets into discipleship. And, and how many times have you been reading something with somebody and they're like, I can't even, I didn't know he said that, right? Because you can miss it. I want you to write this down because it's not in your notes. John 17, 23. And I want you to go, I'm going to tell you what it says, but I want you to go look it up. And I want you to learn this verse because it says, I am them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. That was Jesus talking. So God loves us the same with the same love that he had towards Jesus, okay? And, and somebody's got to feel that this morning, right? Somebody who's struggling with something, they've got to know that it's this overwhelming, never-ending love that will catch you, hit you, hold you, scoop you up, and carry you through what you're going through. And so once we know that, once we believe that, then we can move on to the next step. And the next step is place your hurts, pains, and fears into the hands of Christ. Place your hurts, pains, and fears into the hands of Christ. And I want you to know that when Jesus died, he took all of these things with him on the cross. He came here to defeat Satan, sin, and death. These are lies of Satan, right? Your fears are not from God. Your hurts, your pains, they're not from God. So he came to defeat that. Psalms 147.3 says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds, right? Jesus was in the business of doing that when he was here on earth. He's still in the business of doing that. I like to think of Jesus as like a boots to doors, because he comes in, knocks down whatever's in his way, and he does what needs to happen. One of my favorite verses is when he flips over the tables and he starts making a whip. And that's the kind of God I love. Because then when somebody does something to me, I'm like, just wait. That table's flipping. You don't even know it. But he's, whoo, boy. He's made. So that's where I'm at. Um, so <laughs> but it gives me the confidence to take what I'm dealing with to the throne. 
It gives me the confidence to lay it at his feet. I am so confident in the abilities of my God that I don't have to worry about. Do I struggle with it? Yes. But I fully trust the work that's going to be done. And so we need to utilize what God has in store for us. Yes, eternity is set. And my biggest saying is if, if God did nothing else but secure my eternity, then I am forever grateful and I owe him my everything. But he didn't stop there. And we need to understand that so that the day-to-day stuff we're dealing with, we give that to him as well. And we allow him to do what only he can do. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all, all, cast 99%, no, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If you ever struggle with anxiety, you know that verse. And if you don't know that verse, you need to know that verse. I struggle, listen. I have to preach in front of you people. Anxiety, right? And then the Lord changes the sermon the night before. Anxiety. I'm working through some stuff. But what's awesome is when you take this and you apply it to those little things, what you do is you start to build up this confidence in God. So then when something big hits, you're just like, take care of it, Lord. I got to go do something else, right? That's the God that we serve. Because I want you to understand, when you hang on to fear, hurt, and, and pain, you actually block the healing power of the Holy Spirit, right? God's over here trying to do what he can do. He's in this tug match. He's like, just let it go. But we don't want to let it go, right? We struggle. And so that's what we're working about today. We're talking about placing those in the hands of Christ and moving on. It's so important to allow that to happen, and then it's so important to understand that when you do that, when you have this, like, real conversation, right? I said in first service, I said, listen, you're going to have some real conversations with God. It could be today. It could be this week. It might be before you leave the parking lot. You're going to start to have these real conversations, and you're going to get emotional, and that's okay. A lot of times, if you're like me, you start to get emotional, you, you, you change the subject. You move to something different. You don't want to go there. No, you have to go there. You know, when my dad passed away, I didn't talk for a couple weeks. Like, didn't talk. Not, not didn't talk about my dad. I just went mute. I just, I was nine years old. I was struggling, and I didn't know. So um, they set me up with a, a therapist, great guy. Didn't talk to him either, but we played games. And slowly, I started to come around. I got my life on track, but I, I really didn't address anything. And I remember it was sometime in middle school. I came home, and I just had a bad day, and I walked in, and immediately I just lost it. And I'm talking to the depths of emotions that I had never felt. The reactions I was having, the crying, the blubbering, the, the ugly cry. You know the ugly cry. The ugly cry. The only mother can hug you when that's happening. You know, my mom was there with me, and we really, and, and again, I didn't necessarily address all the issues, but that emotion broke. You might have to ugly cry. I don't know what you've been through, right? You don't know what I've been through, but God does. And if you ugly cry with him, that's cool, right? It's fine. Get in there. Dig deep. Dive deep. Get in and work through this stuff. Because as we're moving along here, you're going you're gonna to start to see some things that can happen. Prayer is important, too. And uh, we are blessed with an incredible prayer team. And I stopped in first service to say this because um, I'm actually a part of the prayer team, so I know everything that happens on there, and I know the confidentiality is crucial with our prayer team. I know how much they pray throughout the week. I mean, I one time I called Miss Di with a, with a prayer request, and, or I sent her an email, and immediately I had an email to the prayer team. 
And I knew that they were praying with me. So I encourage you on a Sunday morning, it doesn't matter if we begin to line up the aisles, the amazing band will continue to play. Because that is important. That is critical. And the reason I tell you that is because um, prayer, maybe, you know, there was this whole thing, but I know that prayer will at least change your heart about something. It can at least give you encouragement. and can at least, God's doing his thing, but sometimes you just need that encouragement. And, and last Sunday, I was sitting back there, and I wanted to come up for prayer, and I just talked myself out of it. Next thing I know, I look, and Oscar's walking his way down the aisle to come pray with me. And God said, you need to go pray with John. And things like that don't even surprise me anymore, but they still, they still shake me, right? They still get me, because I'm like, God knew I was back there arguing internally about coming up because there were so many people going for prayer. Oscar went back there and prayed the greatest prayer with me, and, and, and it's love. So if you need somebody to pray with, we are here. We are here throughout the week. We are here on Sunday morning. We are here. So that will allow us to go to our next step. Allow God to restore your mind, heart, and soul. We are talking about restoration. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the Spirit of God, um, for, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So we need to understand that all these things we are talking about, abuse, trauma, hurt, and pain, are all works of the devil right? There are works of the devil. We call it like we see it. We call it what it is. And what's awesome is that Jesus came to defeat and did defeat the devil. So why are we still fighting these things? Why are we still wrestling with these things when the guy who won, won? You know, why would, like, if you're looking at a, a you know, boxing match and the guy wins, you're not going to run in there and try to, you know, get involved. He won. Let's celebrate. Let's give it to him. Give him the honor and the glory and the credit because he did it. And that is the God that we serve. So we need to allow him to then restore our mind. Now, here's where it gets kind of difficult. Those who know me and know what I've struggled with know that sometimes forgiveness, it's not my strongest quality. Especially if the other person doesn't ask. Now, this is where we're going to dig into. Remember, we're talking about some trauma that may have happened this week, may have happened 40 years ago. We're not worried about the other guy in this, right? But I just want to let you know, I like to be candid and honest. I struggle with this, and I am struggling with this, and there's actually a situation in my life that I'm struggling with this. So as I'm writing this, I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm going to have to tell these people. I'm having to tell myself. We're really going to have to work through this. But I want you to understand why this is so critical. So excuse me while I read a little bit because this was the Holy Spirit's writing, not mine. Um, unforgiveness will hinder the healing power of the Holy Spirit. It will bind us up and separate us from God's forgiving and healing power. It is vital to release those feelings you have against others so that the Holy Spirit can do his work. Unforgiveness is a deadly poison that separates us from God's forgiveness in our own lives. It is hard to receive healing when we consider what Scripture says concerning the deadliness of uh, unforgiveness. So, there's Scripture, and I encourage you to go read all of it. It's in Matthew 18. <clears throat> it's the parable of the unmerciful servant. We have studied it here, and, um, but if you've never read it, I'll read you the end of it. Basically, um, somebody gives, somebody uh, allows them to, to cut off their debt so they don't owe anything, and that person goes out, and somebody who owes him very little, he has no mercy on them. So then he's brought back in, and this is what happens. 
Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. And again, this is in Matthew 18. Um, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Verse 35 says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Please hear this with me. This isn't about them. This forgiveness is for you. Jesus told this parable to let you know how much unforgiveness is going to harm you. And so you need to release that and you need to forgive. And, and, and I can tell you there's been a few times where I've forgiven somebody the way that old John wouldn't have, the way that old John would have dealt with it differently. And there is such a freedom, I mean a freedom in that forgiveness. It is a weight that has been lifted. I have seen restoration of friendships. I've also seen friendships dissolve. And sometimes friendships got to dissolve. You know, sometimes you don't, you don't forgive and then move on and everything's cool, but you forgive so you're not carrying that around with you. I mean, for weeks I've been carrying this heat and this bitterness about something that happened to me a couple months ago. And, and I got to tell you, I've already started the process just through this sermon of forgiveness. And, and I really believe if I allow God to do his work, that I will extend that forgiveness in a way that I will not carry it around with me. It has affected my sleep. It has affected a lot of things. And honestly, to some of you who have gone through abuse in the past, that would be like nothing. You'd be like, that was cake. But for me, it was heavy. So only imagine the freedom I'm getting for that. What kind of freedom will we all get if we can do that for those things that have been weighing our heart down that we didn't even know about? So um, we got to understand that spiritual darkness and separation that comes from unforgiveness. And then we got to learn to forgive. And, and, and I really hope that together we all understand the importance of that. And I keep throwing myself in the mix so that way when I listen to this back, I'm like, okay, John, you were talking to John. You need to extend that forgiveness and you need to move forward. And uh, I, I, always, I just keep going back to it. I know it's not easy, but imagine how difficult it is to carry that for 5, 10, 20, 50 years. That's not easy either. And, and, and it's having no effect on the other person. So we need to hear that, and we need to understand that. So then the next step I brought up, which is, let's leave unforgiveness. You know, please forgive me for that one. Um, realize who you are in Christ. You really need to understand your identity in Christ. Because remember at the beginning we talked about, if we don't know who we are in Christ, we can start trying to find our identity in other things. That abuse opened up wounds, it opened up sores, it, it caused us to question things, and we can lose ourselves just running around the world trying to find our identity. And so here we see that we realize who we are in Christ, it becomes unshakable, it becomes unmovable. We understand that the, the, we are freed from the darkness of our past, we are forgiven of our sins, and we find the freedom and healing because of Jesus and who we are in Christ. Stop feeding on the lies of insecurity, guilt, and pain. It is vital that we don't listen to the voice of the devil or, 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 or our past creeping in and whispering all these things. <clears throat> we turn our attention and our eyes to Christ, and we listen to those whisperings. 
or, or those loud booming sounds that let you know that you are worthy, that you are his creation, that he loves you, that he is well pleased in you. I went ahead and I added in um, Ephesians 2.10 uh, last night when I, was, when I was reworking this. And Ephesians 2.10 simply says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. It's time we let our past go. It's time that we take the weight off. We understand who we are in Christ and we move towards it. God has a, prefer, a preferred future for each one of us. I tell you, if you knew 18-year-old John, you would never believe that I was preaching off a stage today in a church. You might not even believe that I went into a church. We have no idea what God has in store for us. It's 100% true. And, and many of you actually met me back then, and you were like, why are they letting this guy in here? And uh, I only said that in this service because my in-laws were in the first service because I would have got the loudest amen of the day um, from them. And my wife actually, Ron knows, he met me. He still liked me, I think. So you got to understand, we have no idea. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. We work with the teenagers, and we equip them with God's word. And we want to send them out to do the greatness that God has in store for them. But you don't use that as an excuse, okay? I came to church when I was around 18, 19. So I had kind of the mentality, well, I didn't grow up in church. I don't know all this stuff. You might be coming to church for the first time. I'm not even going to say how old you are because you might yell at me. I'll say this. Our pastor's turning 50, so if you're somewhere around his age or older, don't use this as an excuse to not go on and look for the preferred future that God has for you. Don't say my time is up. Don't say my greatness is behind me because it's not. It's not. You have no idea. Now that you are in right relationship with God, or if you're not, you will by the end of this sermon, you are, going to, <laughs> you are going to take that, and you have no idea where God is going to give you, bring you. You have no idea who is going to be blessed by your testimony. You have no idea who has gone through similar things. Whenever I share, okay, that I lost my dad at a young age, it has never failed that one person will come up to me and they will say that they lost a parent at a young age. And we have that minute of connection where we know we're not alone. When I used to speak in the Pinellas County school systems, it would happen all the time. I mean, one time I shared about that, and the, and the young man had just lost his father the week before. And we were able to connect right there. And I was just able to let him know, listen, you're going to struggle. It's going to hurt, but you're going to be okay. And, and that, that's your testimony, you know. God gave us two things. He gave us his word, which I'm not going to touch that Bible, but he gave us his word, and he gave us our testimony. And we can take that to the ends of the earth. I'm blessed with one of the greatest ministry teams I've ever had. Amen. A group that is, is dedicated to investing into the lives of our youth. We come from every background you can imagine, but we're able to connect. Some of them can't connect with me because I'm crazy, but they can connect with, like, my wife, or, or one of the quieter, soft-spoken ones, you know what I mean? Some of them do connect with me because I'm crazy, and I feel bad for them, but we work through it. So <laughs> here's the deal. I don't want you to ever, ever, ever discredit who you are in Christ and what you can accomplish with him. Here's the best part. That wasn't even in my notes, so somebody needed that this morning. I didn't say that in first service, so if they heard this, they're going to be mad at me. But listen, they're important too. Okay, um, and the last uh, step, and, and here's the deal, this is tough, right? Last step is speak to the pain 
and release it to Christ. Speak to the pain and release it to Christ. You may have a pain that you've been carrying around, a wound, something that happened to you that you're not even responsible for, but you have worn it and you have dragged it behind you, and you have taken it into every new opportunity with you, and it has sculpted you, and it has shaped how you interact with people. It has shaped um, opportunities that you would take or not take because you feel like you're unworthy, or, or all of this. You have carried it with you long enough. You need to speak to it. You need to call it by name. You need to go sit down and have a conversation with our God. And you need to lay it at the throne. You need to release it to Christ. And here's the thing. He will be there. He will be there. You may not even know what to say. Just show up. Give him the time. Carve out some time. Get alone by yourself. Or if you're comfortable, call a friend. Get alone. Work through this stuff. Truly engage it, right? If you have an enemy, you can't just dance around it. You've got to engage it. Well, this pain is your enemy. And God has won your battles. And he is ready, he is equipped, and he is well armed to to take this away from you. And so I'm encouraging you guys, just like I did in first service, just like I did to myself, do it. Don't just hear this sermon and walk away and think, you know what, that's great. I'm sure somebody's blessed by that. Do it. Speak to the pain. Release it to Christ. I already read that, um, that scripture, but I mean, the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. True healing, deep healing, the kind of healing, I mean, I, I'm not even at the level to fully understand what it's going to feel like when all my past pain is, is sitting over there and I'm walking, you know, because even though I've worked through a lot of stuff, there's still stuff I'm dealing with, right? We all have that stuff. And so can you just imagine with me the free feeling that you will have, the newness of life, the true newness of life that you'll be able to walk in? Jesus paid it all for our emotional wounds, our hurts, our pains, and our sorrows. Now, I got to tell you, if you, look back over your, um, if you look back over your bulletin and all the notes you filled in, one through five, they all reference Christ and God. So my disclaimer at the end of this sermon is that if you try to take these notes and you try to be the victor in your life, if you try to take these notes and you try to address these wounds, without a relationship with Jesus, it's not going to happen. You might be able to shift them around a little bit. You might be able to feel a little bit better about yourself. You might be able to forgive somebody a little bit. But to get the full, the full value of this investment, of these conversations, the full restoration that comes from this, you've got to have a relationship with Jesus. And so I was blessed in first service at the end when we prayed to see hands going up. And, and, and to me, that will never get old. I can't even imagine Pastor Mike getting to, to, under, to see that connection happen. Um, because my life is so much different, so much more different than I could have ever imagined it being. And it comes from that relationship with Jesus. It doesn't come from being perfect it doesn't come from having it all right. It doesn't mean I don't got things, stress I have to deal with at home. It doesn't mean any of that. But all the blessings that I have, my beautiful wife, our daughter, 
our soon-to-be daughter, our, our friends, our family, you guys, this opportunity, all of that came out of receiving Christ and moving forward. And, and I tell everybody, it's not been easy, but man, it's been worth it. Because just like he thinks I'm worthy, he's worthy. And so we're going to pray in a moment. And if, 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 you're, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus and you didn't even know all this, this probably hits you kind of hard, but I want you to explore that relationship yourself. If you have had a relationship with Jesus and you just haven't really been investing in it, you think, well, you know what, I don't spend enough time with him. He's not going to help me with this. He will. But first, he needs to see you. And, and, and maybe you've, you've left the church and this is your first time coming back. Welcome. Nothing's changed. God is on the throne. And he's still right there. Right there. He is right there. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your testimony in each one of our lives. And Lord, I can't imagine the weight that is on the shoulders and the hearts of those sitting here. I can't imagine the, the trauma and the, the, the issues and anything that they've had to deal with in their lives. But God, you know and you care and you love. So Lord, I pray today as they start to remove those bonds, as they start to remove the chains with your help, Lord, that they begin to restore. They begin to be restored into who you have called them to be, God, that their opportunities begin to open up in front of them. Lord, and I pray that you move them in to the newness of life that you have called for them. And Lord, we're going to take a moment right now for those that may not have had a relationship with you or may have walked away from a relationship with you. God, I believe that it's important to signify that relationship. So with every head bowed and all eyes closed, if that's you this morning, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, or if you've just, you feel like you've walked away and you thought it was him, but you realize that you just need to turn around and, and, and meet him right there, would you just raise your hand this morning? I see hands going up. Yes, I see those hands. Yes, amen, yes. In Jesus' name, yes. You may place your hands down and just repeat this prayer after me in the quietness of your heart. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Dear Jesus, I need you. And dear Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, you know what I've been through, and, and I know I need to work through it, but I know that I need your help, and I am so thankful that you are here working through it with me. So Lord, I just ask that you bless each one of us today. Give us an opportunity to heal, and then release us to do what you've called us to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you give God some praise this morning?